0: bum ba da bum. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Another episode of the Never Broken Podcast by yours truly, the one and the only Aiden, queasy man, Leonard. Welcome back to another episode of the Never Broken Podcast. So, um, let's just jump right into it. Uh, it's on uh, it's Wednesday night. Uh, we got some snow in the ground here in the Northeast. Um, you know, don't let that spoil, you know, I thought over the weekend... Took my kids out on the on the four-wheeler on Sunday and it was nice. It was like sixty degrees out. You could smell a little bit of spring. You could you could smell it. There was a lot of mud. So the ground is definitely, you know, softer and you know it seems like hey, winter's in the in the rear view. We're in six gear overdrive, headed right towards spring and summer, headed towards the bonfires and cold beers outside barbecuing and, and just being outside with the people that, that we love the most and care about and and not even doing that, doing, doing things, you know, uh, winter is just uh fucking, it's, it's just depressing. There's no other way to put it. Uh, it's my least favorite season. Um, you know, I, I know that I've grown up in the Northeast and I live I was born and raised in Pennsylvania, but um to tell you folks this, you know, one of the things that I've been fortunate to do in, in my life with my, my career is I've been able to travel and um, everybody that knows me knows I love the Southern part of the United States, not just uh, for the barbecue and it's the weather. Um, you know, I, I took my family to Florida, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you know, it was still, it was still February and, you know, we're, we're in Miami beach and it's, you know, I got a suntan, got a suntan in the middle of February. Um. So, you know, with that, that there is like, ah, man, that's heaven. And when you come back and it's rainy and and it's cold and, you know, hey it's where we live. But, uh, I, I definitely foresee me and my family in the near future, a possible move to the Southern part of the United States, just because, man, be honest guys, I fucking hate winter. Um, in other news, um, you know, we got Biden, uh, fucking up the world, uh, and I shouldn't say the world, but at least our country. Um, I know in Maryland, um, gas prices are four thirty five, and it's um five twenty nine for a gallon of diesel fuel. Um, I think if you backtrack a year ago, I think gas was two something, um, and diesel was three or four. Uh, you know, I will um, I fact check that, you know. But I mean, just the the price of an inflation, you know. Is just just through the roof. I mean, I mean, it's just through the roof. So the average price of gas last year at this time was two dollars and forty two cents. Um, that's what uh, it's telling me. And uh, you know, diesel was four to uh, diesel was three dollars and eighty five cents. So it's definitely went up. uh you know, I think one of the one of the biggest problems is we talk inflation. You know. Uh, COVID, you know, this pandemic, you know, hit, you know, over, you know, two years and it just put a fucking halt on, on everything. I mean, I, I can remember, you know, two, two years ago, no, nobody was working, nobody was doing, doing anything. Um, I can remember driving, I was, I was in Virginia, I was in Virginia beach at the time and I just remember driving home at the end of the week like I did any other week, and I remember the the m b a was shut down. I remember that stores, restaurants were shut down. you couldn't dine in anymore it was to go only and I remember driving home and it's a five hour trip you know on on average and and I just remember getting home in like in like four and a half hours, and there was like no traffic, normally when you would leave. For that, that part, you know, in on a Friday afternoon, mid-afternoon, you know, traffic was pretty much congested, you know, and I, I remember one time something happened, I had to leave later on a Friday, I mean, like a week or two into COVID, no traffic, I, I just remember everybody was fucking inside, I, I remember you went to a Walmart, you couldn't get hand sanitizer, you couldn't get baby wipes, you couldn't get toilet paper, I mean, you couldn't get milk, you couldn't get bread, I mean, it was just like, Everybody thought the world was ending and all mankind was, was going to be gone. And, um, you know, obviously my, my son's four now, but at the time he was he was two. And I, I remember needing, you know, baby wipes. And just fucking, you couldn't even get down. And then it was like, man, what, what the fuck? Like, I just remember being, I remember having conference calls and bordering Hand sanitizer online, and and it being four to six weeks out, and I remember people making their own their own hand sanitizers, uh, making their own their own remedy, and it, I, I just remember that everybody the mask and the neck scarf and and uh, inside outside every everybody was wearing you know face face coverings, and airports, are shut down. You know, normally we're working, you know, right by the airport in Norfolk, you, you'd hear planes coming in and out all day long, 24-7. You couldn't hear, there was nothing in the sky. It was just such a weird time. Uh, and, you know, be, doing, you know, what, was, 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 what I find funny is, you know, when, when I was growing up doing the job that I do now, um, the you know, you know, blue collar job. And I remember people saying, Oh, you know, that's what guys do that don't have an education. You don't go to college. You'll be you'll be cutting, trimming trees for a living." And I remember the pandemic hit, and you know we weren't we weren't laid off. We provide a service for the federal government. You know, the utilities. You know, we keep reliability. We keep electricity on. And we were recognized as critical infrastructure employees. We weren't getting shut down. And just so fortunate to be able to work through the pandemic. And one of the things that I'm I'm glad for, and, you know, is my, in our industry, the industry, I mean, we didn't get shut down. And you finally started to get recognized a little bit for, for what we do, you know, and, being in management it doesn't matter what the business is when you're in management you manage people you know you manage cost you know that that's a job that not anybody can do but just the industry you know some you know high school teachers that you know said the shit that they did to me you know they were they were shut down they, were, they laid off you know what i mean they, they weren't working uh you know kids weren't in school um You know, know, March, I I remember like two weeks into the pandemic, school districts, you know, closing school down for the remainder of the year. I remember the NFL, you know, postponing the season, the NBA, it just, uh, it was just a a weird time. And I've all, I always was for, you know, here we are two years that I, I was always for us getting back to it, getting back to normal we couldn't let a, a, a cold or, or a, a disease stop us you know and i'm we we have people that die you know day daily people die fucking daily um and we weren't we weren't shutting down you know we weren't shutting down the world you you, you know what i'm saying we have we have drug overdoses every day we have people dying of cancer every single day and and i'm not trying to not shed light on on that but we didn't shut the fuck down for that. And um I was always for us getting back to normal. And what what's funny about it is is um I listened to um the baboon that's the so-called president gives a state of the union a week ago I'm just being so outraged by him talking about, you know, it's time to get our kids back in school and it's time to get back to this and that. And you know, he was running for president at the time, you know Trump was in his final year of office before he was up for reelection. I remember the the liberal, the Democrats, you know, fucking that he shut down the border too soon. He overreacted, and then it was to when we started to open. You know, you fast forward six, seven months into it, the UFC's having sporting events. They were the first to come back, and much. I was a UFC fan before, but I really dove into it because there was there was nothing else on TV. And there was some sort of normalcy that was on TV. Got fully invested in the WWE – not the WWE, the UFC. Um, then WWE came back, and it was just, you know, and you have the baboon talking about it's too early. We shouldn't be doing this. We shouldn't be doing that. And, and here we are, you know, and it's just, you know – how contradicting that they are, you know, of, of anybody else, you, you know, you know, so it's just, uh, one of those things where they contradict, but also they don't know what they're doing, you know, and, you know, one of the things that I looked up and, and I'm just, just curious, you know, is, you know, drug overdose death in the US top 100,000 top sorry 100,000 annually okay that was from the the same the CDC the same center um of disease and control the same place that we get the, the covid numbers from and um you know I'm not I'm not look, trying to say that it's not it's not we don't you know that I'm not sorry for the lives lost during covid or 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 anything like that I'm not you know that that's definitely not me trying I'm not trying to be an insensitive prick but I have an opinion and if you can back an opinion and it's true I guess it's really not an opinion it's it's a fact you know and I'm fact checking you know myself right now to see how many deaths are from covid but the one thing is is you know I don't think they would even tell us the truth you know you know what I'm saying and there's two point as of now there's 2.77 million cases of COVID, okay? And we've had 43,739. That's a lot of people. I get that. But you're telling me 43,700 died from COVID, but we have 100,000 people dying from drug overdoses. So what what did we do for the people of drug overdose? What are we doing to prevent drugs, alcohol? So, I I guess it's just you know one of the things that you know we can we talk about, you know there's a lot of crazy things going on, not just in in our country but, you know the the world, and. You know you, as a parent, you you bring you bring children. You know, in the world, your your job is to keep them safe, protect them, teach them. And you know, it's tough. It's tough to even be a kid right now. Um, you know, just a couple up to a couple of weeks ago my daughter was still having to wear a face shield mask to school. You know, and and that that, that to me was one of the things that really made my blood boil is masking our children. You know, uh, I I you don't have to wear a mask outside, you don't have to wear a mask into a restaurant. But I get on an airplane and I fly. I gotta wear a mask. You know, there's there's a lot. But what are we doing about it? You know, is is the true question. What what are we doing about it? What are we acting because now, now if if you stand up for what you believe in, you know it's a little bit more accepted today than what it, than what it was. But no matter what you stand up for, you're always gonna have people that are for it or against it. always, you know my and my my thing is is you know wanting to stand up. To people that don't understand what an addict goes through on a on a day to day basis, you know, one of the reasons I got into doing this podcast was to bring awareness to people. You know the you know and and when it comes when it comes to drugs, everybody you know mo- I shouldn't say everybody most people are junkies or pieces of shit. You know, but you know an addiction doesn't have to necessarily be a drug. It can be alcohol. Um. It can be a sex addict. It it, it can be, you know, a a lot of things, a a lot of things that that people are addicted. People are addicted to gambling. People are addicted to stealing. Um, You know, you've got people that are addicted to lying. And you have some good addictions. You have people that are addicted to winning. You have people that are addicted to helping people. People that are addicted to you know, solving crime or, or putting, you know, bad people behind bars or, or whatnot. So there's all, there's all forms and sorts of addiction. And I'm sure we've all, everybody's heard that, but you're, you're, you're hearing somebody that dealt with addiction, spit it to you, you know, whether you want to fucking believe it or not, that, that's up to you. You know, but you have an addict, somebody that's, was, you know, functioning, that's been there, done it and got through it and is telling the truth. You know, one of one of the things in my life that I've learned is 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 when you go through things or you come out and you admit you have a problem, the people that you have in your corner have some. I shouldn't say all the all necessarily, but in most cases, half the people are going to turn their back on you. They're going to say you're no good for nothing. Fuck him or her. I don't need this. I don't want involved in this. And and that's going to be it. They're going to leave, and they're not going to be by your side anymore. And then you have some people that say they're going to be by your side. You call me. You let me know. You need everything. And then two, three weeks back into it, they're going to go back to the normal life. And they're going to go on. And that's when you realize that people just don't give a fuck in life. People don't naturally care about what you're doing. At the end of the day, people don't care about your problems. 50% of them are glad you have them. The other 50% don't care. They got their own problems. You know, we we do all these, these programs for you know things and, and this and that, but but I think what needs to happen about for people that are addiction is you need to understand the addiction. You need to understand the why. I don't think people wake up or people are born and say, "Oh, hey, I'm going to be a heroin addict when I become 17 and take my family for an emotional and financial roller coaster for ten, fifteen years, end up in jail a couple of times, and then at the end of my life, at the end of it, I end up in a casket. You know. I tell people this all the time that that struggle with addiction. There's only two ways that it ends, really. At the end, at the at the end of the day, you either end up in the, in dead, and you either end up dead or in jail if you continue down the road. There's only two ways it ends, unless you stop. If you're an alcoholic, it only ends two ways: either in jail because you drove drunk and you hit and killed somebody or yourself, or you end up in the casket. You know, because of liver failure and and whatnot, but there's only two ways that it ends. But why not? And you realize that, and and you understand it. But instead of throwing the addict in jail, okay, the guy, you know, you you go and, and you get caught buying drugs. You caught buying them. I'm not telling selling, them, buying are them, two different things. Being a drug kingpin, people, you know, you can be a cocaine kingpin and not be a drug addict. You're a drug dealer. That's a diff- there's a difference between a drug dealer. A drug user, I think that some people do get that confused sometimes. Most people that are involved in using, that are heavily involved using, they're they're not they're not selling a lot. And if if, if they are selling at any, they're they're selling just to get money to either pay for the pay for it to get their next fix, or they're selling some to cover the cost of what you know they what they paid for it or whatnot. It's to make ends meet. It's not to all. Oh, I'm going to buy, you know, because a, an addict can't do, can't sell product. Just, you know, I'm, I'm not saying the, the percentage of that is really low. And I guess this is going to be educational and, and, and getting into things. But, you know, when I was addicted to, to pain pills, you know, I wasn't going to sell them. You know, I wasn't selling my prescription. I wasn't selling my prescription of pain pills. The reason being is I wanted to use them. I wanted to do them, you know, and... So why am I going to sell them? Because if I sell, you know, Tommy over there, five, that's five less that I have. Unless I needed a gallon of milk, can of snuff or or whatever. But there was an underlying problem. The reason that I got into doing it was because, you know, I hurt my knee, I hurt my back, I was in pain. You know, that that was the, the underlying problem. That was the reason that I started. So instead of putting me in jail and I'm not saying that if I got caught and I was charged with possession that, hey, I shouldn't. I'm not not saying that. But why not punish the person? You want to put them in jail because they get caught with, you know, a couple of pain pills or a gram of Coke or heroin. I'm not saying, hey, I'm not saying they shouldn't go to jail for, you know, being charged with possession. But how about after that, the, the jail time's up, how about we get them in some counseling and we focus on the root cause, not just saying they're an, an addict. And you know, but let's find out why did they start. Maybe they were molested. Maybe they were raped or whatever. Maybe they were physically abused or 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 whatnot. Okay. So let's focus on that problem. Let's focus on working on that and helping them heal and, and understand that. Okay. in Inst- instead of just well, you're a junkie. Here's some boxing. Fucking take it. Don't don't do your shit. Go on, ha- have a happy fucking life. You know, I, I tend to think that that sometimes in this in our country that we see people that are addicted to drugs or to fucking booze, and as a country, we're the ones fucking pushing it. I mean, the people that you know when the, when the Oxycontin fucking no epidemic happened, fucking big pharma was making fucking millions, not millions, billions of fucking dollars. What what happened to big pharma? What well, what did we what did we really do to big pharma? And then COVID comes along, and we fucking say, hey, you know what? We They they got the vaccine, so now we're going to let them go and fucking develop the vaccine and give them more money. Big, big farmers responsible for the, the, the fucking Oxycontin epidemic. Now, am I saying that because there was a chemist or there was a pharmaceutical salesman that they are responsible for Johnny down the street becoming a hook? I understand Johnny down the street had a choice and whatnot, but everybody during that, that epidemic, everybody, doctors were, were, were pushing – the the pills. I mean I mean everybody, you know, if you were in that industry, pharmaceutical reps to doctors, doctors were buying, you know, scripts. I mean, it was just you know it was a mess. You know, you know, it, it really it really was. You know, we read something here, you know, that prescription opioid misuse has become an epidemic in the United States, due in large parts to its role in chronic pain relief. Chronic pain which, you know, lasts longer than 3 months or, you know, so, what is the U.S. opioid opioid epidemic? In the late 1990s, pharmaceutical companies reassured the medical communities that patients would not become addicted to opioid pain relievers, and healthcare providers began to prescribe them at greater rates. So, in, in the late 90s, increased prescriptions of opioid medications led to a widespread misuse of both prescription and non-prescription opioids before it became clear that these medications could indeed be highly addictive. In 2017, HHS declared public health emergency and announced a five-point strategy to combat the opioid crisis. Do you know that 70,630 people died from drug overdoses in 2019? 1.6 million people had an opioid use disorder in the past year. 745,000 people used heroin in the past year. 1.6 million people misused prescription pain relievers for the first time. It's a million six people misused prescription pain relievers for the first time. 48,006 deaths attributed to overdosing on synthetic opioids other than methadone in 12 month period ending in June 2020. 10.1 million people misused prescription opioids in the past year. 2 million people misused methamphetamines in the last year. 50,000 people used heroin for the first time. And then 14,480 deaths attributed to overdosing on heroin when a twelve month period ending in June twenty twenty. So the the thing is is that I think what we have to do as a community is un- is understand it. You know, I, I we we always you always hear the the slogan, you know, if that was my kid I'd fucking kick his ass, kick him the fuck out, put him on the street. And then what happens is somebody close to you becomes addicted. Not saying that it will happen, but there's there's a chance. And next thing you know, it's your son, it's your daughter, it's your brother, your sister. You're watching them struggle with something. Am I saying that you give them five hundred dollars cash money? Am I am I saying that? No, I'm not. But what I'm saying is, just try to understand it before you judge. I you know my thing is is I'm just telling you. We have an opioid crisis here in America, and people fucking want to disregard it. We we have a drug crisis here in America. You know, I know back when Ronald Reagan was in office and Nancy Reagan, you know, and they were fighting the war on drugs. Well, newsflash for you, it fucking won. It beat us. It won. I really, really do believe that. Do I think that we can beat the war on drugs? At this point, I don't know if we can beat it. But I know we definitely need to at least fucking try. And and I know that there's there's rehabs all over, but, but the thing that you know people don't understand is about rehab, rehab isn't free. Okay, rehab doesn't accept all insurances. You know, you know it doesn't. And so I'm I'm looking it up, you know. I mean, how many people do you know? You, you, you know what a rehab costs without insurance. So if you're a Joe Schmo and you're living, you know, you're you're living on the streets, you know, and you are just an addict, you don't have any health insurance. You you have nothing. You're just an addict living on the streets, you're a bum. Yada yada yada. You know, we're we're talking, you know, thirty, forty thousand if not more if not more. You know, you I, I talked to somebody the other day where they where they're trying to get grants passed. To um, help people that are, that, are not, that are homeless, don't have health insurance and, and whatnot. You, you, you know what I'm saying? And it's, it's like, wow. You know, people don't realize how, how expensive it is. I mean, and some rehabs do take most insurance. Some don't. You, you, you know what I'm saying? And it's just, you know, it's a lot and especially if you're down and out and you're on your last leg and nobody will help you and you know you're trying and i get the fact well you know you know dude's been sent there you know 3 times and and, and i understand that i do get that you know you know i i get that but do we give up on the person i i, I mean do we just let them let them die because now now i know that there you know there's people that are not giving Narcan, you know, people are overdosing or just fucking letting them lay on the street and police officers EMT are, are given Narcan, you know, in case they see somebody overdosing and there's people out there with that mindset to where if they want to do it, that's the risk they take, fuck them, let them lay on the street. And, and I said to some, somebody, well, imagine if that was your daughter your son, just fucking let them lay on the street. Like they're a fucking pig. You know, I I I know that you want to. We can talk politics, and and I have views. I do. I side with the right. I side in the middle with some things, but with drugs, you know, I have a soft spot because of who I was. I don't think we should just let somebody lay in the middle of the street and die because they did heroin, and because they have a sickness. You know whether whether you, you know, and I shouldn't say you, but people want to admit that it is a disease, or is a disease. I'm I'm here to tell you that addiction is it's it's a disease, it is a sickness. It's a sickness, just like being. A, a a fucking alcoholic, alcoholism. I mean, it is. It's you know. You know what I'm saying? Because, anytime you can become physically ill from not having it, you know. I don't know if any of you got people that are listening give a fuck or if you do. But there's two. You know. There's and and the thing that that is funny. I mean, that people listen. Is you know, we are and I drink. I'm not gonna say that I don't. But in this country. It is not, you're not looked down upon if you are a alcoholic. If you go to work, and you work from 7 to 5.30, and after work, you like to go to Ruby's Bar and Grill, okay? They got they got great wings, okay? And every night, you, you get off work at 5.30, Ruby's is on the way home, and about a 10-minute drive, so... Every night around five forty, 540, five forty-five, you go into Ruby's and you're you're gonna go in there and you're you're gonna drink six to eight beers. We just we call it that. You're gonna drink at least a six pack eight. You're gonna eat your supper. You're gonna do a shot or two before you leave. You're gonna get in your car and you're gonna drive ten, fifteen minutes home. Okay. And 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 I don't know how it is in other countries because I you know, I haven't, you know, been to a bunch of other countries yet and asked them, but you know, if Tom goes to to Ruby's Barn Grill, he drinks fucking you know seven or eight fucking Miller Lights, does a shot or two of Jack before he leaves. Gets in his car and he drives fifteen minutes home. In our in our society, that is not looked upon down by majority. Now, if Tom goes, works, gets off work, and at five forty in the uh, evening, he's gonna go and he's gonna buy. A couple of Percocets because he's had a long day and his back hurts. He's gonna buy a couple of Percocets, gonna go around the corner, and and he's gonna fucking take them by hand and he's gonna wash him down with with water or Gatorade, and he's gonna drive fifteen minutes home. The majority of people say, you know, fucking Tom's a fucking pill a piece of shit. Fuck him, this and that. To where? Well, he we just went to a bar and had a couple of fucking beers. So there ain't nothing wrong with that. When really. Now, really? What was he what what's legal about what he did? Yeah, going into a bar sitting down and having a beer is legal. Going into a bar sitting down having six to eight beers, driving fifteen miles down the road is fucking illegal. That's driving under the influence. Okay? Taking pain pills driving down the road is illegal, that's driving under the influence. But one we judge one being greater than the other when ill it is the same. An alcoholic and a heroin addict, the only difference is the choice of the substance that they use. there There is no difference. Tom's an alcoholic, and Aiden's a fucking pillhead. You know what I mean Tom is a raging alcoholic. Aiden's a raging pillhead. What the fuck is the difference about us? The difference about us is the substance that we use. but in our country and and the society, we acknowledge that because it's okay to have beer with the boys and things like that. And this is coming from somebody that drinks beer. I, I understand that't don't, don't get me wrong. But this is where my underlying problem started because when I, when I started to, to really struggle with, with my issues, do you know why people said, why don't you just get fucking drunk and wasted? That's illegal to do. I had probably 10, 15 people tell me that. And then I started to realize that getting drunk and wasted is no different than what the fuck I'm doing here. One is legal, one's not legal. But if I am craving for that beer, if I can't go without it, I think about that beer all day at work. I think about having them, that is cold beer after work, which I'm sure we've all had a conversation at work with our buddies before on a hot summer day. If you work outside, man, I can't fucking wait till 5.30. I'm running in fucking want one. I'm grabbing me a fucking 12-pack of Bud Light and I'm going to fucking drink me some fucking beer tonight. Or you have, you know, I know 10 years ago it was, well, I'm going to smoke a couple of fucking fucking jo- joint after work. What's the difference? There is no fucking difference. That's where society plays tricks on us. And the status quo tells us that it's okay. It's okay to drink. It's legal. They sell beer legally. There's bars, beer distributors. You, you know, you can even go into a, the Walmart and buy alcohol. It's fucking okay to do that. It's the other shit that's not when really... The the other shit is, you know, you, you know, you can't you can't purchase pain pills legally. If you have a prescription and you're prescribed one and you do if you're prescribed one a day but you do three, are you abusing the medicine? Yeah, you are. So what is the difference? Well his back hurts a little bit more at night. You know, it helps him take the edge off. What what is the difference? There is no difference. Doctor wrote the prescription for take one a day. You're taking three. You're taking two more than you should. Okay, the blood alcohol level is zero point zero eight, but you go into a barn, you fucking get to a one point something, and then drive down the road. That's illegal. So you're both doing something that's illegal. Well, he it's prescribed to him. It's legal to buy. What I what I want to do is I want to change individuals' minds to where you know what Tomla has to go to the barn. He has to drink. The, Tom has a problem, okay, and 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 we, we you know, and, and but what's Tom's problem? Maybe Tom drinks because maybe Tom's back is fucked up, but maybe we should try and get Tom some help for his back, and I'm not saying pain pills are the fucking thing, but maybe there's therapy, maybe exercise, because, you, you know, one of the things that I learned about being an addict when I wanted to get help is, you know, you, you heard, not you, Sorry, I heard all the time that, you know, well, fucking so-and-so, you know, don't want to help because, you know, and it's fuck, you know, because uh, being ashamed and embarrassed. Well, you were this, you were that. Nobody wants you around when at your darkest times, we need to hug people and lift them up at their darkest times instead of trying to throw more dark on them. You know, we need to turn the lights on for people in the dark so they can help help them see instead of trying to make it darker and take more light out of the room that already has less light. And that's why I do what I do. And I believe that that's really what, what my calling is. You know, I'm not saying that it's okay to go to Baltimore, Maryland and buy heroin and put it in a needle and, and inject it. I'm, I'm not saying that that's okay. I don't condone it. But instead of judging the person, why don't you try to understand what's going on with their life? And when they reach out for help and they're serious about helping and turning their life around, fucking, why not help them? You know that there's two drugs that if you quit cold turkey, you will die well possibly could die. And One's benzos, which is your Xanax, and, you know, know, fucking colotipins, and the other one's alcohol. Take an alcoholic, take the fucking booze away from them, cold turkey, and see what happens. You know, you can – they can die. I know that everybody says fucking cut, stop cold turkey, but in reality, you can't and the benzos you know the problem with benzos is is i know a lot of people that are on Xanax take nerve pills all oh, my nerves are shot and if you don't realize that people that fuck they get it very 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 addicted to benzos Benzodiaphragm, benzodiazepines are very addictive Xanax is very addictive you know, like people that go to a rehab, they get clean, and they'll go to a psychologist, psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist will fucking prescribe the benzos. And next thing you know, that person gets on Xanax, and they start to drink again, and then they become a fucking or hooked to Xanax and booze. They like to fucking take two Xannies and drink a six to twelve pack at night and get fucked up. You know, you know, how many people out there do you know in your life that take Xanax that you know that fucking they're they're, they're borderline abusing, if not abusing their Xanax. Oh man, their nerves are shot. They need a Xanax and they're eating them like candy. Okay? And then you try to take that medicine off, take that medicine away from somebody and pull a cold turkey. It's not pleasant. It shouldn't be done. I mean, doctors, people people have died. There are funerals that you can go and look up on Google because they withdraw from benzos or alcohol. One of the things that I want to do is, is try and teach and try and educate, not just you, but I want to educate myself and, and help people. You know, whether, whether you, you want to admit it or not, this is our world, our life. And there are some people that are gonna say, you know what, fuck it, I don't want nothing in it, I don't do it, don't care if you do it, but don't come to me when you need help with it, and that's fine. Every people have that right, but we're not, we're letting fucking people die in the street. I know people want to talk about Ukraine and shit getting bombed and stuff like, and and that, I know that's sad. Trust me, I'm not a fucking Joe Biden supporter, endorser. But we got fucking people dying on the fucking streets, man, and We got people begging for fucking help, and, and we people don't want to fucking help because re- rehab, the fucking rehab is a business itself because they're charging fucking insurance companies to $300,000 for a fucking 28-day stay. And then after that, they fucking kick them back out to a psychiatrist. Psychiatrist writes the fucking benzos. Next thing you know, they're getting them off of one thing and on to the next. Suboxone, that butamorphine. These doctors are opening up shop. It's hey if you're you were addicted to heroin or pain pills, get on suboxin. And really what you're doing is you're weaning off one to get onto the other. You know, you know what I'm saying? I know when I was when I was coming up, you fucking take Suboxone. man, it's fucking with heroin addicts taking. I was an opiate addict. I was addicted to pain pills. I was sick. Couldn't find any any pain pills or any heroin and I and I started doing Suboxin. Suboxin saved my life and it did. Um, it, it really did, and I, and I believe that be, because what, what it did did for me, and I'm not saying that it should be something that you're on for 20 years, but what it did is it, it reprogrammed my brain a little bit. I wasn't sick. If you've ever been on hook to pain pills and withdrawn, it's not something that you want to go through. It's not something that you aspire to say, oh, man, I want to fucking withdraw from fucking oxys or, or dope um i don't think anybody that uses or you know has used and understands that would that, that that would be a goal but what it did do for me is it made me feel somewhat of normal of how i felt from years previous to helping me get a clear mind and helping me understand that there is a way to function without it there is and and i think that, that that's what we need we we need to like i said rehabilitate people You know, and I understand that people say, well, you know, in families, and I get it. I understand it. I know, somebody's going to say, well, I have somebody in my family that we sent to rehab three times. Over a half a million dollars has been spent, and they're still on on the street using and doing. What I'm I'm talking about is people that want to get help, people that want to try. The system is broken because there's people out there that I know that they want to get help. They want to try, but nobody will listen nobody will help. A rehab center won't take them because they don't have insurance. They don't have the money. So, so what do they do? They can't go to a, you know, they can go and stay in a shelter for a day or two, but they're still back out on the streets. I believe that it's, it's a part of our, our environment, you know, where we live, who who we associate with. You know, there's, there's somebody that, you know, is near and dear to me in my life. And it's, it's all about the environment. You know, the, the saying is true is if you lay with dogs you'll get fleas, you know, and I and I and I care about this person, but they surround themselves with the wrong people in the wrong environment. If you surround yourself with somebody that is doing methamphetamine and you're you're trying to stay clean, just an example and you're trying to do good the likelihood of it. If you hang around somebody that's a shoplifter and you you have an addiction to stealing. Now, obviously, I don't think that that's going to work out too good when you you're still struggling with that problem and you're still hooked to that. Well, let, let me go hang around people that are fucking robbing banks. I, I I'm I'm a bank robber, but I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna go live with my fucking. These two friends of mine, they, they rob banks though. So they're they're heavy into fucking robbing banks and, and that's what they do, and I'm gonna live at the house and they're gonna count the money in front of me and, and make the plan in front of me. The likelihood of you getting back into robbing banks is very high. And it's highly it's highly contagious. I, I say this that, that success is contagious, but some people are anti-contagious. They don't they don't wanna surround themselves with people that are successful. And one thing about an addict that you have to understand is at first, it's hard. It's hard to reprogram the habits because the habits that they have are bad. They have the habit of waking up, how am I gonna get my well? And then once it's well, okay, how am I gonna stay well? How am I gonna get well again? It's what is in the brain, it's what's working 24 seven. It's how the brain works. For people to say that there's nothing mental about it or nothing, I, I mean, I'm i going to a fucking news flash for you. You're out of your fucking mind if you think there ain't nothing mental about it. Because I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. I'm a strong-minded person, very strong-minded. If I want to do something, I do it. But I will tell you this. When I was addicted to pain pills and, and opiates, I'm telling you what. I thought about how am I going to get well today? How am I going to get well i that's, that's and it didn't matter if I was at work, it didn't matter if I was grocery shopping, it didn't matter if I was sitting in a church pew, listening to a sermon. It's like, man, I you know, eggs, you know, you know, and and I and I remember those feelings, you know, man. I got some, I got like two, I got a, I got a, a two pills or a pill and a half at Dallas, and you know what, man, I can't, I, I haven't done anything in four or five hours, and that's that's you just can't wait to get back to your house. You can't wait to get it because that it's an addiction. You want it, so my reason as i'm saying for doing this podcast and doing the 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 addiction part with drugs alcohol sex whatever it is it doesn't have to be drugs i just speak from drugs because that's where i have experience at because that's who i once was and and the thing that you have to understand is people is we are we are always something before we are now and you were always something before you are who you are now and you know, you were somebody and you did things 10 years ago that you don't do now, but that's who made you. I'm asking you, if you, you listen to my podcast, to, to have an understanding before you judge somebody. Before you judge somebody, just think about how they got there. There was there was things on, a thing on Facebook. Um, sorry, I took a drink. There was that thing on Facebook the other day and I, and I read it. And it had to do with addiction. And it was about judging, don't you know, judging, and, and understanding, and, and and it's what sparked my brain to have the conversation. And I, and I before I've kept that life kind of private because you know I was kind of ashamed of of who what it, what who I was, but I realized in order for me to help, in order for me to get the word out there, to get that message out there, that uplifting voice out there, I gotta tell my story. Now now my story isn't is. I I guess, and exciting is not the word that I want to use, but there there's individuals out there that have a, had a rougher time with addiction than I did. And they went down a much darker road than I do. And I tell people all the time, you know, it could have been worse. It, it, it could have been worse. You know what I'm saying? My rock bottom was my rock bottom. Somebody else's rock bottom might not be what mine was. You know where my was at rock bottom might have been somebody that's doing doing good, but I know that I can never stop people from judging or, or having an opinion, because if I if I try to do that, then that's like a, that's a dictator because we're all entitled to an opinion, or and a belief and in the way that we feel, but what I do say is is before you form that opinion, before you form a statement. Do your research and understand it. You know, understand it first. Just because, like I said, Tommy, and, and I'm not talking about any Tommy specifically. I'm just making up names. You know, just because Tommy's hooked to heroin doesn't mean that Tommy's a bad person. Doesn't mean that Tommy's a scumbag. Doesn't mean that. You know, there there are individuals out there that are functioning addicts, as I was, as I became. A functioning addict. There, there are functioning addicts out there that do exist. They, they are there, and I think that maybe that was one of the reasons why I, I didn't go down a darker road. I, I mean, and I, I went from a functioning addict to a functioning addict to a, an unfunctioning addict. You know, to where I, I wasn't working and I was just worried about, about worried about scoring my high and and getting my dope. But there are people out there, in the the status quo. It's all about the the, the, the the status quo and you you have to understand that that's somebody's son it could be somebody's daughter sister brother you know when you could let the guy lay on the street because he's overdosed, he's overdosed just know and and I'm not saying that it's fair but just think about his mother who might be fucking sitting at home worried hasn't talked to him in two or three days. You know, I think one of the most cruelest things that we can do here in our country is, is we allow people in our own country to, to go hungry. I don't I don't care who you are. Uh, if you're a drug addict, you know, I don't, I don't believe that you should have to go hungry just because you have a sickness. And, and if you disagree, you disagree. But there's something in your life that somebody might not agree with. Maybe you're a gambler. Okay, ah, oh, he likes to go to the casino. He's yeah, he spends about fucking five six hundred a weekend on fucking blackjack. Okay, but maybe that's just the start, just the start of it, just the start. And now he's fucking. He's at the fucking casino every day, spending five six hundred every day. He's taking a fucking mortgage out, a second mortgage out on his home, so he could go and fucking play blackjack. Now now a day, let's fast forward six eight months later. Now he's got. Three mortgages out, he's got a home equity loan out on the fucking house, credit cards are maxed the fuck out, credit cards are shot, he's borrowing money off fucking hard money loan shark lenders just bad because he's fucking hooked the blackjack and fucking poker, he's got a fucking $300,000 fucking poker debt that he he can't pay off, you know, that's just his gambling debt, then he's about to lose his house, they're gonna foreclose on the house. He spent his kids' fucking college tuition money, trust fund. He spent his wife in his savings account. But John goes to the casino. John works every day. He got a good job. He's a good guy. He likes, So what? He likes to gamble a little bit. It's okay. But in all reality, how's it okay? He's lost his family, all of their money. He fucking goes from work straight to the fucking casino. He don't see his wife at all, all night. He's at the fucking casino. You know, he's changed personally. He ain't eating. He ain't drink. drink. But I guarantee it, most people would feed that guy than they would somebody that fucking goes and gets hot. It's just, just the truth, man. It's just the truth. And that's something that I want to change and I want to stop. My goal is to everybody understand addiction can be sex. It can be drugs. It can be gambling. It can be stealing. It can be scamming. It can be a lot of things. It can be a lot of things. But put your feet in that person's family member's shoes. Don't don't just put yourself in that person's shoes. Put yourself in their family members' shoes to understand before you judge. Because I think before we should be able to cast any stones, we should be able to put that man or woman's shoes on and fucking do a day in our life. I do. I really do. I used to judge people hardcore. I really did. used to have a fucking opinion about everybody this person's this person's that and and why not we're we're so used to it in life. We're so used to forming opinions about about people and and getting a reception out of people. I mean, you go for a job, and I'm not trying to get off topic and I promise, but you go you go for a job interview you know you know and and fucking people are like, oh hey, you you worked for fucking Paul Smith. Yeah 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 I know Paul. I'ma fucking call Paul like hey Paul what what do you fuck do you know about fucking uh Tony 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 here? You know, you know tell me that wait Tony Smith, you know Tony Smith? Oh yeah, I know Tony, that fucking piece of shit, Motherfucker. you know, or oh yeah, Tony's a good guy, Tony's a good guy. So now n- n- then somebody comes to you, hey, you know uh you know Mikey uh, you know Mikey uh Mikey Black? Yeah, I know Mikey Black motherfucker. So at a young age, you know, we're starting to being taught to form opinions about people and say, you know, people are always got something to say about us. We're, we're taught that's kind of like, boom, in, in our brain, in 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 our brain. But we don't know what they've been through. I mean, how many times have, have you been on a job or you went for a job interview and you're like, man, fuck, I hope they don't ask about my last job because that guy's a fucking, and then you go, you go to the job, and they're like, you know, whoa, whoa, whoa. they do not hire you because of what happened at your last job because you and so and so didn't fucking, you know, um, get along. You know, your, your rebuttal was almost, well, you really shouldn't form an opinion because you don't know me. That's what the line that you would give. As I would, you and I, fucking, uh, be honest. I mean, I know there's nobody in front of me I'm talking to, but that's not on my computer screen. But let's fucking be honest. That's what you would say. Well, you really don't know me. Let me prove, me, you, know, you know. So why would you judge somebody that you fucking have no idea that's living in a fucking tent under a bridge? We got people that drive fucking by and fucking blow the horn at them and wave. You know, I saw one of the cruelest things the other day. There was a guy... That you know at the by the Walmart's, I, I don't know what it is, but but Walmart's a, attract a lot of you know homeless people. There's a guy that held a fucking bottle of water out the window, and a guy came running up for a bottle of water, and the guy fucking dumped it out in front. Of him. I wanted to chase the guy down. Luckily, he had a faster vehicle than I did because I was going to chase the guy down, pull him out of the car, and beat his fucking ass, and then take him back to that guy because that's one of the things that infuriates me. And in world is how in this country is how we fucking treat the homeless. And I understand your rebuttal's well, they did something to get them there. But you know what? Anything can fucking happen to anybody, and that could be you. So don't you judge a book by its cover? Some of the best people I've ever known fucking had zero dollars to the name. They didn't even own a fucking pair of shoes. Maybe I maybe the fucking pair of shoes was all that they damn. And they helped me more than people in mansions, people with jobs, people with the same blood as me. It's as fucking real as it gets. I know that a lot of my audience is from the, the Top area in Bedford County. But I'm telling you, there's, there's a life outside this county where it's real. I'm not saying that it's not real, but it's real. Where shit happens to fucking people. You know, how many of you on this podcast, and if you listen to this podcast, would you do me this favor right now. And if you tell me you listen to this episode and, I, and and you write to me, Or you see me, I'm going to ask you so. How did you answer this question? Driving down the road right now or wherever you're at, be honest. How many of you right now, if you lost your job and say you couldn't find work for a year and a half, do you think you would have your house that you live in now? So you have a great job. You get a good job. You get the house. And then you lose the job. And you can't find a job in your field don't making, you know, for a year and a half. Next thing you know, you lose your house, you lose your car, you lose your house, right? That'd be a lot, a lot to lose right there. It happens to people. Okay? So, you, you've you lost your house, you've lost your car, you have no job. And now you're fucking, you're drinking yourself to sleep every day. Do you see how quick it went? I'm not saying that you you as a person would do that, but the majority would. You see how quick it can happen? and It can happen to you and me. There are people out there that are born good people. They're born into good homes, normal homes. They grow up normal, whatever you want to say normal. They get a job, they're doing well. And then something happens. That they fall down. They stumble. Sometimes it's catastrophic for others. Sometimes it is for people. And then they they get hooked. On something. Because they're at a low point in their life. And then they take their self. From what they think is a low point in their life. Into a lower point. It can happen to any of us. It can happen to any of us. So. And in close, be, before you start judging somebody, ask yourself, what would you, find out their story first and then ask yourself what you would do. Ask yourself if, you know, you could survive in those circumstances. And I'm not saying to be weak and, and give in. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but, but, but understand somebody before you judge them. I'm not saying go pull fucking a hundred dollars out and give it to every homeless person you see, but but don't laugh, don't don't make fun. Maybe try to help. Maybe offer them a job, or tell them you know somebody's hired. Help. You see, our problem in America is a lot of us, a lot of people want to fucking bitch about the problems, but nobody wants to do anything. You know, I'm i wanting to do something about it, and and I. I I might not have the means right now to do what I would like. But someday I will. Someday I will. And I think you should do the same. Before you cast the stone. Understand the stone that they were thrown. Understand it. And then if you want to say that motherfuckers are a dirtbag. Go ahead. But at least listen to their story. Understand the story. Help me. Help other people. So that's about, and um, I'm gonna be starting a foundation here. um, Called the Hurt But Never Broken Foundation. The sorry, yeah, yeah, Hurt But Never Broken Foundation. And um, what I'm gonna do with that money is I'm gonna take that money, um, to buy homeless people, you know, like shampoo, razors, food, a care package of food, water, th- things like that. And and I'm going to go and and hand it out and and help. You know, that's what that that those that money will be used for. And I'm not asking for donations, but the foundation that I'm starting, it's not fully done yet, it's not set up yet, but i um, that, that's what I want to do. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this. Um you know, rant of mine or, you know, podcast, Um I hope you have, I, I hope you listen to it and I hope you understand it. You know, keep, keep the thumbs up coming, keep the likes, but this is why people, I do what I do. This is, this is why I have this platform and, and I want to use it. You know, you've heard my story and I want to tell other people's stories, you know, but as, take this message and just You know, maybe buy a homeless person a bottle of water or an addict or, or something. You can help somebody. Thank you for tuning in to the Never Broken podcast. And you will be hearing from me soon. And remember, we are never broken. God bless.